Is it hot enough for you? Get a glass of ice water, some cold iced tea perhaps, because we've got another hot episode on the way of Odyssey's favorite new podcast, we think. Name that news. I'm your co-host, Mark Menard, alongside my other co-host, Zach Clark, and it is late August. It's warm, and there's not much going on other than your kids are either back in school or getting ready to go back to school, but football season is around the corner. We're about to heat things up, even if the weather starts to cool down. But for right now, what else you got going on? Just us. So sit back, put your feet up, and enjoy what we've got planned for you this week. Zach, how are you? I'm good, Mark. This time of year, uh, very tough for me. I sweat in the shower. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. It's nasty outside. And what better way to relax than with our show? So if you're new to the show, let's explain to you how this works. Zach and I have done the heavy lifting of going through a week's worth of news, finding our very favorite clips. And we're going to play those clips for you with just a smidgen of the information taken out. And you get to try to guess what they're talking about. We'll give you three choices each time. If you get them right, what do you win? Well, you win the satisfaction of a job well done. And who doesn't need a little bit more of that in their lives? So I'm going to lead us off this week. And we are going to start in the Big Apple, where stars are made. WCBS in New York. A road trip of sorts that we're keeping track of for some reason. Have a listen. Simon and Jekyll are two that we tagged off Georgia back in early December of this year, of last year. So we, we basically have these tracks showing these two moving north from Georgia all the way up, and they're now in Atlantic Canada. So we noticed how synchronous their tracks were. So the question for you is, who are Simon and Jekyll? Are they A, a cat and dog, like a real-life Milo and Otis? Are they B, a pair of sharks, swimming through the waters from the Gulf of Mexico and up the Atlantic Ocean? Or is it C, two of the FBI's most wanted criminals? I gotta tell you, here's what I don't like, is that they're Simon and Jekyll. What the hell is that? You're Jekyll <laughs> and Hyde. You are not anything else and Jekyll. You're not anything else and Hyde. This is really gonna bother me, because it doesn't sound right. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very annoyed by this. I don't think they're criminals. If they are, uh, shame on the FBI for just watching them go. That would be uh, not the first time, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, you, you talk about cat and dog. I think about, like, Homeward Bound. And then I thought about Cat Dog, the Nicktoon, where they were one animal stuck together. That was something else. But you know what? There's so much talk about uh, sharks, Mark. I, I'm afraid the answer is going to be sharks, and I'm not going to be happy about it. Because, you know, as a kid, we were like, oh, the sharks, they stay in the in the warm because mm, I live in the cold, and so we don't want that. So I'm saying sharks, and I'm not happy about it. Well, look, sometimes the authorities do let the criminals on a short leash because they want them to lead them to other bigger, more dangerous criminals. But that is not the case here. It is not two of the FBI's most wanted criminals. It is also, unfortunately, not a cuddly Milo and Otis story. It is your worst fear, a pair of sharks. We've been seeing a shark infestation all the way up to, like, New York in the waters outside of the Big Apple. And we know this because they track them with drones now. So you can fly the drone out over the water and you can see just how many sharks really are out there that people didn't realize in the years before we had drones. These two sharks are actually on their way up and apparently traveling together. 
wait a second. We didn't need a drone for this. We had the movie Sharknado. We, we already saw sharks <laughs> in New York City. We know exactly how this goes. We don't, we don't need science. We just need really cheesy horror movies, obviously. <laughs> Come on. They're always right. Don't go into the abandoned chainsaw warehouse. You just don't. It's good information. It is the way to live your life through those guides. Mark, let's move our attention out west. This next one comes to us from our friends at KNX in Los Angeles. Take a listen. A person has been arrested in connection with that flash mob robbery at the Americana at Brand Mall in Glendale last week. He was part of a group of thieves that took about merchandise. All right, Mark, what was the value of that mall heist done by a flash mob? Is it A, $4,000? Is it B, $40,000? Or is it C, $400,000? If it makes you feel any better, I'll give you a clue. The store was YSL, Yves Saint Laurent. <laughs> First It of wasn't all, five below. I'm not sure what I'm more surprised by in 2023, the existence of a flash mob or the existence of a mall. Both of those seem out of place, but I, I thought everybody shopped on the internet now. Anyway, so Yves Saint Laurent, I don't even know how it's pronounced. We don't have one of those down here. 4,000, 40,000, 400,000. The name alone sounds foreign, which means it sounds expensive. So I'm going to throw $4,000 out. We're playing the prices right now, and I'm getting rid of that one. So now the, the yodeler is climbing the hill past 4,000. So now we're up to 40,000. And do I let him keep going, or do I stop him at forty thousand? You know what? Four hundred thousand dollars worth of merchandise, I guess, sounds like a lot to carry, depending on what the merchandise is. It could be small, you know, expensive jewelry, but if you're if you're stealing like clothing, that's a lot of baggage to handle. I'm gonna go and split the difference. I'm gonna stop the yodeler at forty thousand. Press your luck. No whammies. Let's stop at forty thousand and see where we go. <laughs> Uh, Mark, the answer, unfortunately, for you was $400,000. It was C. And I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Yves Saint Laurent is an incredibly high-end brand. But to steal something of that value, it would have to be in jewelry. Because if you think about it, even if it's something like nice furniture, those are big pieces. No matter how, if there's only one of them, it's still... Uh, and again, I, I don't understand how the flash mob works. Like, do they break out and dance and then start stealing stuff? Or do they just <laughs> pop out and start stealing stuff? I, I don't know. I've never seen one commit a heist. I never would have suspected that any store in the mall had $400,000 worth of jewelry in it. So maybe the Apple store has $400,000 worth of technology. But that's that's a surprise to me. So from what was apparently the heist of the century, now we head over to the Windy City. Chicago and DePaul University, this report from WBBM in Chicago, talks about what students are bringing on campus in 2023. In the seven years Gregory Moorhead has been director of DePaul's Center for Students with Disabilities, he's seen a significant jump in the number of students asking to bring. So what are the students at DePaul requesting permission to bring on campus? Very simple question. The answers are A, a significant other not enrolled in the school, B, an emotional support animal, or C, marijuana? I like this question. Look, I don't think anybody's asking to bring pot to college. That's just going to happen. Uh, and we talked about in Chicago, right, a couple weeks ago, it is legal there now. But the other two are very interesting. The support animal thing, to me, has kind of gone up and down. But it sounds like the subject here, the people are, are disabled students. I think, you know, if you look at, like, airplanes, people started to really stretch what support counts as. 
It's like, oh, I don't like flying. Here's my potbelly pig. That's going to make me feel better. I, I feel like we've gone away from that a little bit, right? It got a little too extreme. But as somebody that went to high school and college, nothing drives a wedge into young love more than moving away. Nothing. Nothing. Now, do they want to bring them with them, though? For some people, that's a good thing. Look, I'm going to say it is A, and we're pushing to, to grow young love. Very romantic. Very romantic. A wonderful sentiment. It is, unfortunately, incorrect. It is emotional support animals. The kids are wanting to bring the pets along with them on campus for that, for that unconditional love that you only get from your special animal in your life. Uh, and it's not just dogs and cats. They've gotten requests for ferrets as well. The hell do you feed a ferret? What kind of treat do I put in my pocket? Ask Arnold Schwarzenegger, kindergarten cop. <laughs> This is such a good reference. <laughs> Mark, I wasn't sure how I was going to transition, but this is perfect. This clip comes from CBS Radio. You can hear it from coast to coast across Odyssey brands. And this one is about things that you do put in your mouth. Take a listen. The Wall Street Journal says Parmigiano producers in Italy's Reggiano region are protecting their cheese from imitators by slapping onto the rinds of 90-pound wheels. Ernie Mark, how are cheesemakers fighting counterfeit cheeses in Italy? Are they using edible microchips? Are they using a series of hand gestures that look like hieroglyphics? Or are they marking the cheese, letting people know they've hired the mob to wipe out the knockoff cheesemakers? It is Italy. Uh, let's take a look at the options here. Edible microchips, hand gestures that look like hieroglyphics, and hiring the mob. Well, look, hand gestures... I don't think they stop anybody. Even even deaf people don't really stop for hand gestures. You don't think if I did this <laughs> in Italian with my hands that people wouldn't stop? I thought that was a thing. I'm not Italian. I don't know. <laughs> the sad thing is no one can see that oh, yeah. other than me. <laughs> but yes, the Italian people do talk with their hands. I don't think that's that much of a deterrent if somebody really wants to steal a wheel of cheese. Uh, so now we're down to the microchips and the mob. You know what? Technology is moving at the speed of light these days. I wouldn't be surprised if we can eat microchips now. I'm going to go A. And also because I don't want to run afoul of the mob and bring them into this 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 program and, and maybe put a price on my head. You know, people are out there worried about vaccines and 5G chips, but we're out here eating microchips in Italian cheeses. Mark, you're correct. The answer is A, edible microchips. And the thought is that when the buyer, the grocery store, for example, buys the wheel of cheese, they can scan the chip and they know it's real and then they don't have to pull the chip out. It doesn't matter because whoever eats it, it goes away. But I mean, again, people aren't going to like that. I, I promise. <laughs> I promise. Look, one thing I did not have on my 2023 bingo card was counterfeit cheese. But here we are. Or edible microchips. This, Either one this is This is where we are. So let's just enjoy the moment. While we're here, that brings us to the moment in the show that we know you wait for every week because we tease it the week before the cliffhanger question of the week. Now, if you're new to the show, you don't know how this works. I'll explain it. It's a question just like all the other questions. No added pressure, but we don't answer it right away. We give you a week to think about it. So without further ado, we know you've been waiting seven days. We start with last week's cliffhanger question of the week, and it came to us from KNX in the City of Angels. 
If you like quiet on your street, you really should like a new purchase by the city of Los Angeles. City Councilman Bob Blumenfield tells us the new is 100% electric. What is the newest purchase by the city of Los Angeles who has this initiative to go green in all they do? Is it A, an electric fleet of ride-on lawnmowers for all the landscaping? Is it B, an electric graffiti remover? Or is it C, an electric street sweeper? We talked about this last week, Mark, as we do. I love the idea of it being B, an electric graffiti remover, but that brought up the question of, is there a gas-powered graffiti mover already that they're upgrading? I don't think so. I'd love to see it, uh, but I don't think it exists, unfortunately. I know that A and C do exist in other forms. Obviously, lawnmowers and street sweepers have been around for a long time. Both would be incredibly useful in Los Angeles. They've got a ton of public space. I'm going to say electric street sweeper. I feel like you could reduce more emissions by going after a bigger piece of equipment. I'm saying C. Well, look, the week to think about it obviously was worth it. You got it right. An electric street sweeper is what they're bringing into Los Angeles. Each one costs $800,000. Jesus. Okay. I didn't see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) So... They're spending some money, but those streets are going to be nice and clean, and they're going to be helping the environment at the same time. All right, Mark. Uh, This one's going to go to me. I have this week's cliffhanger. It comes to us from St. Louis, KFTK, and the Mark Cox Show. Take a listen. In a moment that proves parents need to keep track of their children, a young boy let himself be so he could become and the results were nasty. All right, Mark, we've got a bit of a two-parter on this one. What happened to this kid? Is it A, he allowed himself to be poisoned to gain superhuman powers? B, he allowed himself to be bit by a spider so he could become Spider-Man? Or C, uh, he allowed himself to be operated on so he could function like Inspector Gadget? (laughs) All of these sound outrageous. Look, I got a week to think about this, and I might need all seven days. All of these options are horrifying as a parent to think that your child might have this idea in their head and actually go through with it before you can stop them. I don't like the idea that I have a daughter who would probably try at least one of these things if she got the idea because she's fearless. We can stew about this for a week and come back next week and see which of these horrible options it actually was. While we won't know the answer today, I do know that I will be keeping an extra eye on my child this weekend. That is for sure. <laughs> because again, uh, yikes. On that note, that's how we're going to end this episode of Name That News. Special thanks to Brian Fisher, who helps put the show together. Special thanks to you for joining us, even though we apparently feed into irrational fears every single week. If you like what you heard, then please pound that subscribe button, bookmark us on your browser, set a reminder on your calendar, because we're here every single week with another new episode, Name That News.